everyone. Welcome back to Lightbulb Moment, a podcast interviewing women in STEM, media, and entrepreneurship. My name is Jyoti Ramaswamy, and I am your host. Now, we had an awesome episode last week, and we have another awesome episode this week, so let's get right into it. Today, I have a really cool guest. I have Sarah Dietschy, who's an awesome content creator. She makes YouTube videos and a podcast. And fun fact, I was actually on Sarah's podcast about two years ago, I think, and now she's on my podcast. So great to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was crazy to meet all of the super talented students at that Apple Apple conference because um, you guys are basically what I tried to be. <laughs> I'm a dropout <laughs> uh, computer science major. So it was really cool to meet everyone and to see you guys now in, you know, living your life at Harvard and doing very <laughs> important things. So it's an honor to be here and I'm excited to chat. That's awesome. Yeah, but you mentioned that you were a computer science dropout, but you also make a lot of really cool content regarding tech too. So I'm kind of curious as to how you first got interested in tech. I grew up in a household where my dad was always really into computers and I was always the type of person who, you know, was obsessed with roller coaster tycoon and even solitaire. And I would just like hang out at my computer 24 seven. And I just thought it was the coolest thing, just computers and then dial up came and all the internet. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm born in 1994. I don't want to age myself too much, but it was, it was one of those things that I've always kind of had a, a passion for it. And I was lucky that my dad was so into computers. So he was someone who I could just always ask about like, Hey, what's up with this? And, um, I was really into gaming and Xbox and I don't game nearly as much now because, you know, other things kind of took over my life, whether it was sports or music, I was really into music. So no matter what I was into, there was always kind of this tech aspect to it where uh, when I was into music and I was playing electric guitar, the thing that I loved was the gear. And so I had all of these electric guitars. I had this crazy pedal board that was always changing. So basically, uh, you know, for people that don't know, when it comes to electric guitar, you basically have a pedal board and you can put it through like distortion pedals and delay and reverb and basically augment your sound to just sound the way you want it. And I just became obsessed with that and different types of amps. And I was such a gearhead. And basically in high school and college, I did a lot of babysitting. <laughs> so the the babysitting definitely helped um, all, of, all of the, what would you even call it? I was just investing everything into gear and luckily me having all of this music gear helped me later on then invest in video gear when I got really into video because my band needed a music video so I got into editing and that eventually led me to I guess where I am today making YouTube videos about tech and it's a lot of fun and it, it keeps me busy and I'm, I'm very lucky to do something that has been a big part of my entire life and um it was, it was one of those things because when I went to college, I was like, okay, I have to be responsible. I have to be an engineer. I have to do these things, right? And it, it didn't exactly work out, it, you know, um, but I'm, I'm glad I landed in something creative and it was more video than it was programming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but what eventually led you to dropping out 
course, like, you know, college is seen as the safe path. You said it's like, now we have to be an adult. And I'm like experiencing that like adulting now too, now that I'm in college. So what led you to, you know, going away from that and dropping out? Mm -hmm. Oh, so many things. So I, in high school, I was one of those people and I don't know how much this is true, but there's always people that are just smart, like naturally smart, you know? And I remember I had two friends that, that were like that. They were ranked like five and six, you know, and they just never seemed to study. And I was like, I hate you so much. I was that type of person <laughs> that I, I tried, I tried really hard and I studied a lot and I was very aware in high school, like school was kind of my thing among many other things, whether it was music or basketball. And I became very aware early on how expensive college was getting. And my parents were pretty practical with me and being just like, hey, like you have some money set aside um, for your college fund from your grandparents, but that's barely even going to pay one year. So good luck, like study, maybe you can get a scholarship. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was one of those things where I've always been kind of studious, but I really turned it on in, in high school. and. Uh, so, you know, it was like, take every AP class possible, do all, do all the things to get that GPA, to get that school rank, to get that ACT score, to, to get a scholarship. So I ended up getting a scholarship to a local school in Texas, where I'm from, in Dallas, Texas. And it was one of those things where I kind of just, you know, I was like, okay, I'll figure out something practical. And it was an engineering scholarship. And so I didn't have much choice. Uh, I basically just, because it was an engineering scholarship yeah. and I was good at math and science. I was like, okay, I just have to pick within this field. And I chose electrical engineering because again, I was into guitar pedals and, and all of that stuff. And it's like, okay, electrical engineering seems respectable, right? I could have like a good salary eventually. And so I really wasn't thinking about me, but just thinking about like, okay, this is the correct path. But I was trying to find a niche. So immediately I basically got a job at this electronic shop right off campus that was doing like fixing amps and pedals and all those things that I was interested in. Right up your alley. Right up my alley. But very quickly I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this. I just want to play guitar. I don't want to fix these things. And I was honestly so burnt out from studying so hard in high school. The moment I got to college, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so as you can tell, usually with, you know, scholarships, you have to maintain a pretty high GPA. So yeah. with a double E degree, I had to maintain a 3.5 GPA, which is just like are you, seriously? And so, yeah, so after two years, you know, I maintained it for two years, but after that I lost the scholarship. So it was one of those things that it was like a moment in my life where I was hating school because I was just so miserable. I was so burnt out. Um, I discovered, oh, this is actually something I don't want to do. Interesting. And I ran out of scholarship money. So that, that third year I had to decide, okay, something has to change. So that's when I went, um, that's when I switched to computer science and it was, we weren't learning like practical things. Like we were learning the most abstract crap. And I was like, I want to learn how to code. What is this? And then, you know, in hindsight, people are always like, oh yeah, you just have to have your own projects. And then you just do whatever you have to do to get the degree. But I'm like, no, that's stupid. Like if I go to <laughs> yeah. college and I'm paying this amount of money, I want something a little bit practical. Don't you think? Um, and everyone's different. I mean, when you go to different schools, you're also paying for the network. You're paying like if, you know, these schools like Harvard, Columbia, NYU, there's such, 
there's such a brand around it and a network around it where I totally understand how how valuable that is. But for me, I was like going to UTA and Texas and Belmont and Nashville for one semester. So I wasn't and I wasn't engaging in the college experience. So nothing about it was helping me. And it just it got to this point point where I was like, okay, I'm out of money. I'm out of scholarship. So I either go into debt for something I hate or I just start with a clean slate with this video thing because I've been doing side projects and I've been working for a production company I know and I know something is there. Um, and I just ultimately made the decision. I was like, I can't, I can't go into like 45K into debt I, for something I hate. Yeah, it basically boiled down to that. And I was talking to my mom literally like, every single day she knew she knew the the spiel because the moment I got into college I was like this is the worst um isn't it yeah ironic that you can try because you're trying so hard in high school to get to that college moment that you like arrive at college burnt out sometimes that's just yeah so yeah I'm I'm a dropout yeah I definitely feel the whole burnout thing because you try so hard in high school to get into a school in hopes that they'll allow you to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of Mm -hmm. dollars to get burnt out again so it's a really interesting dilemma Um, but once you dropped out I mean that must have freed up so much time now that you're not like overstudying for EE and just computer Mm -hmm. science so what do you know what you're gonna do after that drop like after you dropped out did you know yeah And something that my mom always jokes about, because she'll get the questions like, oh my gosh, like, why did you let her do that or whatever? But she, she always says, it's like, it's not like she was sitting on the couch eating Cheetos. Okay. Like (laughs) I was, I was out there getting it. Right. So, um, I, I saved my homework for my homework was reserved for like 10 PM to 3 AM every night. But the moment I got out of school, I was like editing videos. I was going on shoots. Um, I was meeting up with local creative people. So I was searching and I was finding, you know, things that I was good at and I was working on my craft. So um, the, the moment that happened, I had stuff to do. I was like off to the races. I was like, okay, well now I don't have that five hours a day uh, for homework. And I would always procrastinate. I would always save it to the last moment. So it's not like I was living a a healthy life. So it's almost like a lot probably, it probably stayed somewhat similar, but now I was just getting some sleep. (laughs) Um, But it helped to not have classes from nine to four, you know? And I just went all in and I started consistently posting to my YouTube channel. I I had already been posting, since I posted my first video in 2011, I dropped out in early 2015, I think. And I had already partnered with a production company. I was in Nashville at the time to make like these boring corporate videos, but Hey, it was like money. It was a few hundred dollars here and there. Um, I was doing some wedding films and I was really building into my YouTube channel. And that was the biggest deal. And I was going to conferences. I mean, I was like, I was scrappy. I was figuring out, um, you know, these conferences have special student fees where an Adobe Max would normally be like $3,000 or something crazy. But if you're a student and you still have your student ID, that ticket is now only $300. And my ticket to LA, you know, was $300, $400. But I knew, I knew for a fact that every year they give away a huge piece of tech, the 
recent year was a Microsoft Studio laptop, which is like, it was like an $800 piece of tech. So I was like, I could literally pay for my ticket for the conference and my plane ticket with what they give away. Like, hello. So I basically found a friend who had a friend who had a place in LA. I like stayed at her house and um, lo and behold, they gave out a uh, Fujifilm X-T2 or was an X-T3. It was like a camera. It was like a fancy camera, like a thousand dollar camera. And I was like, perfect. Sold it on eBay. That paid for my trip. So I did like a lot of that where I was just trying to figure out. I was going to conferences. I was doing video work because... When you have something that you so viscerally hate, like that was college for me at the time, yeah. you're <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I will do anything that I have at least a little bit of spark for. And so really just the hardest decision was to make that decision. But once it happened, I was like, oh yeah, never looking back. Let's go. Cause everyone was like, you can always go back. You can always go back. And I'm <laughs> like, you guys, I'm not going back guys. <laughs> So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely love the whole student discounts with everything too. Cause I yes. know masterclass discount went from like 180 a year to $1 a year for students. So it's been really fun for that. Um, but yeah, um, with all the conferences that you were going to and just creating your videos, what were you creating videos on? Cause I know you said you were creating some like boring, boring, like videos for the production company. Yeah. Um, so what were you creating videos on to start with? Yeah. Oh man. It was literally like some examples of the production work that I was doing. Um, it was just me and this other guy who were just making these corporate videos. One was like, I guess this was in Texas. One was like for like an internal American airlines video where they were just going to show some of these like C-suite executives, like talking to them or something another one was literally for like people who had psoriasis and they were talking about like a medication I'm telling you not sexy stuff um but hey it was paying my like 500 a month Nashville apartment bill right um so those were not fun and sexy but when it came to my YouTube channel I was basically just doing the what I love to do so if I was getting a new camera or a new piece of tech I uh, tech I would unbox it on camera and I was really into traveling so any money I made uh even so before I moved to Nashville I only lived there for like nine months but before I was staying at home so I didn't have rent I didn't have anything so all of the money that I would make from babysitting or wedding film or, you know, video production would just go into traveling. And it was, it was such a great experience. I would highly recommend people who don't maybe have like a special dorm experience or, um, you know, who are going to these colleges that are like prestigious and you get a lot of value from that. If you're just going to like a, like I did like a UTA, I think it's really valuable to just live off campus, live with your parents so you don't have to pay extra money, put all of your money to experiences. I mean, I went to Iceland, I went to Greece, I went to like all of these amazing places and I value those experiences so much because I learned so much. It opens up your brain to the rest of the world, how other people live. And most importantly, I was really honing in on my video skills and I was coming back from these trips, making these really cool travel films that I was having so much fun with. So that's what a lot of my YouTube channel was then was, okay, hey guys, I got a new camera, but also look at this Greece video or look at me going to Belize, look at me going here. And it was just like, 
it was a moment where I wasn't stopping, but looking back, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I definitely wish I could travel now. Of course, we're in a pandemic. I know. I I feel bad for like everyone who, I don't know, is just either starting college or they they feel like, oh, this is the moment where I'm free. And then a global pandemic happens. (laughs) (laughs) Never never thought anything like this would ever happen. Yeah. One thing that would keep you inside happens to be a global pandemic. Like who would have thought? Who would have thought? But you ended up having one video with Casey Neistat that just went big, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that basically came along when I, you know, I was doing the thing. The moment I dropped out, I was eyeing this opportunity called the Adobe Creative Residency, where Adobe basically pays you a salary for a year to just create and share your creations, you know, while you're using their applications, of course. So I had my eye on that the moment I dropped out and everything I was doing in preparation for that. So with that on my YouTube channel, I was doing this thing that I now have like a saying for, but I just say like one for me, one for them. So I would make one video for me, whether that's a travel film, hey, it's not going to get good views. It's not going to reach beyond my audience, but I'm honing my craft and I'm having fun. That's important when creating things, but you got to have that balance because if you want to make it your job, you got to find subscribers, you got to get the views. So that, that, second half would be me, okay, let's do a review of this thing or something that's reaching beyond my audience. So every week I was trying to do something that's reaching beyond my audience where if people went to YouTube to search this new camera or search this product, maybe they would find my video. And then I, uh, you know, made a video that was like, okay, let's try to, hey, this guy, Casey, like I'm a big fan. He's making good vlogs at the time. He had a million subscribers. And he, um, he just had these quirks and I was like, it would be pretty funny to do like a parody on him. Um, because he does all of these very particular, uh, video technique, just the way he does it. It's just very easy to identify and, and make a parody of. So, um, I did that and he saw it and he shouted it out. And so that, that video that week of reaching beyond my audience worked pretty well because I uh, went from 4,000 subscribers to 100K in the span of a month. And wow. luckily, and this is what I always say, is like you never know when those things are going to happen, but it's so important that you just have that back catalog and that thing for people to see that you've been doing it. Like, So when one of those moments happen, they can go to that YouTube channel, you can go to your socials, you can go to your website and see, oh, this person has been doing it for a while. Like this isn't like a one-off. This isn't a fluke. Oh my gosh. Like I was, you know, she has this docu-series. I had been um, doing this creative docu-series called Creative Spaces TV that I was really proud of. And it was very well done. And I'm, it was so great to just have that on my YouTube channel to people uh, for people to watch and go to once, you know, they saw this, this viral video because they were able to see like, Oh, she's, she's a proper video maker. Like I'll subscribe and I'll stick around. Awesome. Yeah. So then after you created that video and then you got a hundred thousand subscribers, what was it like from there? Like what were people's responses to your videos after that? It was stressful because because the audience I was getting, I thought I was like, okay, well, 2016, everyone's into vlogging. So I got a vlog, I got a vlog, but I, at the same time was trying to do the things that I was really passionate about. I was doing another season of creative spaces TV, which is 
a docu-series showing creative people's spaces and interviewing, you know, how they do and what they do. So photographers, designers, all, all of the above. So that year I just did not sleep because I was like, I was literally daily vlogging five videos a week and also trying to do my docu-series. Uh, ultimately I stopped vlogging because I, I love showing bits of my personality and getting to know the audience more and it was handy to do that. But ultimately it just wasn't me. Um, cause I, I, I think people came to my channel for a certain level of not just quality, but also, um, you know, that's just not what they came to my channel for. And it took me like six or nine months to figure that out. Um, but it takes a while to find your footing on YouTube. And especially when you get an audience, you gotta, you gotta try new stuff and then niche down on what works and figure out how to, have your personality shine through that because that's what's so important too is and I think that's what I learned from vlogging is oh the audience wants to get to know me right and this is a relationship yeah. I was so used to I would film videos all the time where I was only behind the camera and I wasn't even in front of the camera so that's what vlogging definitely taught me is hey people want to hang out like this is a relationship get in front of the camera more <laughs> and um, so that's what I learned from that but yeah I hated vlogging so it was miserable for a while after but once I kind of went back to what I originally was doing on my channel and focused more on tech and creativity and just single videos that were just good videos and I didn't stress out about quantity that's when things got better yeah that makes a lot of sense I also noticed too with vloggers like they only show you parts of their life too so it's not like the whole picture either so it's interesting that you played around with vlogging um, but going from there, you don't just have your YouTube channel, you also have a podcast. So tell me about how that started. Yeah. I, so Creative Spaces TV, which was my docu-series from, I think my first season was like 2014 or 2015. Um, and it was something that didn't get any YouTube views because it wasn't super sexy. But once you clicked on the videos, the videos were good. I wish more people yeah. watched it. But um, something that I took away from that was like, oh my gosh, I love interviewing people. I love creative process. And how can I do more of this without all of the work that Creative Spaces TV was? Because it would take me weeks to edit one episode just because there was just, there was so much going on. So and yeah, I guess it was the beginning of 2018, you know, it was funny because even then I was like, ah, does the world need another podcast? But um, that was still, I feel like that was still in, in 2018, you know, podcasts were still on the, on the rise. And so, yeah, it was just an easy way for me to kind of interview people again. And I love talking to people. It's a little confusing because my podcast is called That Creative Life and creative spaces tv was creative space tv but luckily that's not a series anymore but <laughs> I have a tendency to like name things like almost the exactly same thing which is confusing um but yeah it's just been a lot of fun you know my first guest was Gary Vaynerchuk and then some of the guest favorites have been Linus Tech Tips he's a big YouTuber Marquez Brownlee um Shelby and Monica Church have just crushed it um I've had a lot of great YouTubers, but also CEOs and business professionals that help people live their most creative life. Because I think no matter what people do, what job you have, you're going to have to be creative. And I mean, look at you starting this podcast, you know, it's like, it's, it's, 
you have to learn like these different skills. And um, I think it's, it's really beneficial and it'll help everything. I think someone having just a little, whether it's a creative hobby or whether it's something that maybe ultimately turns into your job is really, is really great. And what people don't realize with podcasts is, hey, it might not be the biggest moneymaker, but the relationships that you that you grow from and the knowledge that you're just spreading to people is is awesome. Like, I can't believe some of the podcasts I listen to, I'm like, I can't believe this is free. You know, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So really interesting that you said you named things really similar with like creative spaces, TV, and then that creative life. Because mm-hmm. actually, when I was on your podcast, it was called the creative yeah. exchange. No, exactly. Exactly. It was very confusing. And because it's so funny that you remember that I'm like I hope everyone forgets that because oh my gosh yeah gosh I like blocked that out of my brain see and that was so confusing because in the very beginning creative spaces tv and that creative life were two separate things so I actually had more of just an interview show on my youtube channel called that creative life so for some reason when I was like, okay, time to start the podcast, I thought it needed to be like a completely separate thing. Yeah. And then I, I named it something else with the word creative in it. What a (laughs) mess. What a mess. I love that word. Yeah. So it just, it ultimately made sense to use the name that I was essentially doing podcasts in like 2015 on my YouTube channel with that name. So it made more sense to just stick with that and stop confusing people, you know? So And one thing that I've noticed, at least recently, is that podcasts are just on the rise now, too. Like, a lot of people Mm -hmm. starting to, like, create their own podcasts and even listen to more podcasts now. So, like, why Mm -hmm. do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's a... I think humans innately just love hearing stories, but from a practical standpoint, I think it's crazy that there's all of this just free advice out there that's not just anecdotally helpful, but very practically. I mean, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, I mean, Tim Ferriss podcast is a good example of, I don't listen to every single one, but when he has these big hitters, these big business people on, man, I learned so much. And again, it's free. Can't believe this is free. This is crazy. And so, and I I think the medium of audio is super powerful because I think we're all just so busy now that I mean, pre-Rona, I think it was more of the case where people had commute times and you're so busy that it's much easier to just put in AirPods, put in your headphones, listen to a podcast while you're driving to work, while you're cleaning your apartment, while you're doing all these different things. It's a it's a passive way of, of engaging in entertainment and content. And so I think that's super huge because even though I can sit for hours and watch YouTube, most days I don't have that time. I don't have that luxury. So when I'm putting on my makeup in the morning or I'm doing, you know, I'm cleaning my office, I can't sit and watch a Netflix show or YouTube, but I can so easily engage in audio. And I think it's such a special format where it's just a passive way of entertainment and a passive way to learn. And I think it's just so cool how much information that is free out there and we can learn. It's so, it's so cool and tell stories. Right. And that's, I think that's ultimately, I think humans just love hearing stories and, and how people do things. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you create a lot of content with tech. And of course, tech has just changed a lot over the past decade or so. And it's changing rapidly right now, especially now Mm -hmm. that we're in a pandemic and relying on tech for everything. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that tech is going to change in like the next few years or the next decade? Oh, goodness. That's a good question. Let's see. I think we've seen that there's still so much to do in the space of video calls and you know I think it's no it's it's not a coincidence that zoom just skyrocketed and what is so fascinating though is we still have these smaller companies that you would think oh okay Microsoft Teams should have won this or Skype why didn't Skype win this war why are we sitting on Zoom right now you know and it's it's really interesting to see these these companies rise (laughs) that aren't like the big four, you know, Google Hangouts. Why didn't Google Hangouts win? And that's what I'm really fascinated with is any tech that can come from some of these smaller companies where maybe the big guys aren't paying attention or aren't uh, giving a, you know, great amount of detail to these products. And I think, I mean, with Zoom, which made it so unique is, it's just so easy. Anyone can join. You don't have to necessarily have an account. And then the recording of it is so, so easy. And it's just simple. It's simple. So I think there's still so much clutter in the tech world, but there's still a lot of room for things just to work. And for people building the technology, I think that's what they have to remember too, is like, Hey, there's a lot of exciting stuff out there and it's great to get fancy but tech just needs to work in order for a ton of people to be passionate about it and adopt it and love it. And so I know this is probably the least sexy answer ever, but I'm just excited for tech to almost, let's keep pushing the envelope, but I'm excited for things to almost just, let's have a moment of things working, you know, (laughs) let's get, let's get internet to the point where, you know, we, more people have the ability to have faster internet where, I mean, even I just moved into a new apartment building and you can't get gig internet here. The The fastest internet I can get is 70 up and down. And I'm like, this is, yeah. this is terrible. Like <laughs> what world am I living in? This is New York city. Come on. Um, so that's what I, I'm excited about the boring stuff. I want like internet to get faster. I want NAS drives to be able to, I want TIG, 10 gig ethernet connections and all my computers so I can edit video on the cloud, but that stuff is still so far away. I think that's where more innovation needs to happen. So yeah, it's like, do we need another iPhone? I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm good. I'm good with my yeah. iPhone. I would love a folding iPhone because yep. I've been reviewing all of these Samsung fold devices and they're so cool. They're so fun. It really does feel like you're living in the future. So that's something I would love to see. It's very not Apple of them, I feel like, to do any type of fold device, but man, that would be so cool. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Also interesting that you noted that things just need to be simple too, because I think everything is having stories now. Like LinkedIn has stories. And I'm just like, do we really need stories on LinkedIn? And I know it's one of those things where I feel like all social media sites are just going to kind of be the same. And also, do we need more social media? (laughs) You know? So I don't know. I think we've seen with TikTok that, oh, okay, there is still room for innovation, but then everyone's just copying that. So 
The social media landscape is probably the most boring part of tech. Yeah, they're kind of just becoming the same thing. Like, I know Facebook owns Instagram, but Instagram's starting to look a lot like Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm I'm glad I make YouTube videos because it, it does seem like its own little world, but the burden of feeling like I have to produce content for just like all of these different sites is, is annoying, but like, I'm not going to sit here complaining that like, that's my job. Um, you know, like I'm good, I'm fine. But when you're like trying to deal with the Facebook algorithm and like all of this stuff, it's just, it's weird. You know, I never, it's a black box. Everyone's a black box where you don't, you don't know what's happening. So you're kind of just like seeing what sticks, which is a great way to wake up every morning and try to figure out because it's, it's a new day every time you're like, okay, what videos are going to do well this week? I don't know, but let's go for it. Let's figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) So what advice do you have for any aspiring creators out there? I would say in the beginning, experiment, like do not feel like you have to put yourself on a track and only stay there. I think in the beginning, just try anything and everything. I had so much fun with doing travel films and even wedding films for a moment was cool. Try anything and everything. Stay curious. Really just like have an appetite of just saying yes. I'm a huge advocate for sleep. Sleep. I sleep eight hours every night, guys. Okay. But, but when you're young, when you're young and you're figuring out life and you're in the college years, that is the time. Just do everything. Like, don't overthink things. Be a good student if that's your thing, but also try to do something creative. Try some new hobbies. You know, if we ever go back to a normal world, try to save up for a trip to Europe or a trip to freaking Japan or South Korea. And those culture shocks are so good for the system. And it's so good to look at how other people live their life. And I think the key to a lot of this thing called life is empathy. And when you see how other people live and you see how other people do things and you're like, Oh wow, that, that actually works over there. Interesting. How do they, what are they doing? Okay. That's cool. And I think those lessons that you can learn are just so helpful. So just do anything and everything. And if it comes to specifically, you want content creation to be your job. And so maybe you're either, making videos for other people so it's more of the production side of things or if it's you trying to build build up your own audience i would just say don't stress over that in the beginning once if you get some momentum that's when maybe niching down is more important with certain topics and certain ways that you make a video but definitely don't restrain yourself in in the beginning when a hundred people are watching because that's that's when you get to have fun and figure out what you want to do and when you're young you so much changes you know what you like what you don't like and that's I think your 20s I mean I've had definitely my most growth in the past five years and moving to New York and you know just stepping out of your comfort zone I would say is the most important thing you could possibly do when you're young and you don't have bills if you're still on your parents health insurance guys (laughs) just do whatever you want 
you know, well, not do be responsible. I'm a big fan yeah, of, of being like going for it, but also be responsible. Like I made a very deliberate decision not to waste my time on boys, you know, like I had like one boyfriend for the span of like eight years of my life of like high school and, and college. Um, and I'm not saying don't close yourself off to things, but just make things, you got to make sure things are worth it. Yeah. You know? So if you're, you got to protect your time and energy and love is great. I love love. I have a, I love my handsome fiance, but when you're young, it's a great time to focus on you and it's a great time to figure out what you love, what you don't love and uh, hone creative skill, skills. And again, when you don't have bills and your parent parents are still a part of that equation, you actually do have a lot of freedom and life is so much less complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, but I guess one last question, because this podcast is called Light Bulb Moment, I'm curious if there were any light bulb moments that you had that led to any realizations that still affect you today. Yeah, I would definitely say the the oh gosh oh there was I feel like there were moments where it was definitely college I mean truly when I was like oh I am 21 and I am already living my life for my plan b like how messed up is that yeah (laughs) you know I think I think that was definitely the biggest light bulb moment of I kind of felt like I stepped outside of my body and I was just looking at my own life and I was seeing oh my gosh, I am young. I have so much ahead of me and I'm already giving up. Like that's what it felt like. I am already giving in to just what people think I should do. I'm already giving up because I want to go home at Christmas and brag to my aunts and uncles and grandparents that, yeah, guys, I'm going to be an electrical engineer. Are you proud of me? You know, <laughs> I was, I was already living for that. And it's just, you can't live your life for other people. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You, you have to do you. And because that's what you're going to carry throughout your entire life. And you have to live with you for the rest of your life. You're not living with your mom. You're not living with your dad. You're not going to be living with your grandparents forever you know, there's a certain level of like, yes, you want to respect the people in your life who are giving you advice and stuff. But at the same time, at the end of the day, who do you have to live with? Yourself. So there, that. (laughs) Live your life for you guys, okay? (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. So for any listeners out there, where can they find you on social media and online? Yeah, so you can check out That Creative Life on any podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you listen. And just, you can Google Sarah Peachy and you'll find me everywhere. My YouTube channel, I make tech videos and I'm on the Twitter and the Instagram. So that's me. Thanks for having me. This is fun. All right, everyone. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode and a brand new guest. Until then, if you want to learn more about Lightbulb Moment, you can find us on Instagram at Lightbulb Moment Podcast and on Twitter at Lightbulb Moment, where the last E is an X. And if you want to learn more about me, your host, personally, you can find me on Instagram at Jyoti Ramaswamy and on Twitter at Jyoti underscore Ramaswamy. 
All right, that's it for this week. I will see you all next week. Thank you.